Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. Folks, every Saturday afternoon, the last five years, we've been doing this show, but we've been meeting together every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. right here on AM Radio, 11 AWFYL, because you know that we're the oasis of truth here, folks. You tune into us, and you could be in Philadelphia, or you could be somewhere else in the country, or you could be in Jenkintown, or or Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter, folks. You're tuning into us because you know when you're down here in Southeast Pennsylvania, Delaware Valley, that we are the source for authenticity. And it comes at you at the speed of sound. So that's why you tune in. Thank you for being with us. We're going to jump into the show here. And I want to talk a little bit about what's going on right now with this Disney, this woke Disney fiasco. You know, when you've got, uh, you got Kathleen Kennedy, who's the producer of the show, she's not trying to produce something. She's really not trying to produce something that is going to sell. She's trying to produce something to put, promote an ideological message. But she put Phoebe Waller-Bridget there. She put her in there for the purpose of, of gender, if you will. She put her in there for purposes of, of, of matters of what Phoebe was born with instead of Phoebe's ability and, and attributes and accomplishments. You know, you put people in positions in movies, especially in movies, when they're going to portray the image of what you're looking to portray, okay? When you're when you're trying to replace Indiana Jones, the swashbuckling hero of Indiana Jones, you know Harrison Ford, you want to bring someone in that's going to carry that same mantra, that's going to have that same ability to captivate audiences. That's what you want. So you're going to bring him in there. You're going to bring this person in there. Hopefully, this person can can do the same in captivating people. But what they did with Phoebe Waller Bridge here is they brought her in. Not for the sake of captivating audiences, but instead to, to send a, a woke message, okay? They overlooked all the company-capable people in, 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 I should say, Hollywood that could play that role, that could actually sell tickets or sell the possibility that, that you know, sell the the image, if you will, the, the fairy tale to the public, okay? Uh, it has to have some element of reality or it just isn't going to wash, and that's the problem. That's the problem with this woke uh, ideology uh, infiltrating Hollywood, okay? Is that it doesn't have an aspect of reality to it. There's no possibility of it, okay? Um, you know, like, you know, a person hanging on for dear life, and you know, with the, of a moving train, okay? Or something to that effect. I mean, you know, a person can, can envision a heroic person, a heroic man hanging on and doing that part, okay? Uh, but they're going to have trouble with with a uh, person that doesn't fit that mold, if you will, who doesn't look the part of that type of person. It just doesn't sell the same. It doesn't have the same ability to sell. It's like if you're going to, you know, if you want to get a sumo wrestler, you want to have somebody that's going to portray a sumo wrestler in a movie. You don't bring somebody on who's five foot four inches tall, weighing 105 pounds, okay? and pretend that they're as big as an average sumo wrestler because you put everybody on the show around them as the same height and same weight. Okay, so it gives the image that everybody, that this person is more, you know, has more of a presence on the on the screen than they really do. This is what they, this is what Hollywood trickery is, okay? Uh, for instance, today in Hollywood, you don't see very many men at all over the height of five foot nine, five foot ten inches tall. Very few men in roles anymore of the 5'10". There's no tall men in Hollywood anymore. <laughs> Very few of them playing any roles, okay? Because they're six foot two, six foot three, and they 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 command those positions, those roles in those movies, 
and they sell more that it's hard to get a hero to 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 uh defeat that villain if you will that person that's six foot two three inches tall when that hero that you're trying to say that's going to be defeating that person is uh is is half the size it just doesn't have an element of reality makes sense i mean i mean to try to get a welder a person that's a welder by trade putting that person uh plucking him out of the bar room that they are snaking shots at tequila in or something and bringing him out there and uh, they got their scrubby faced beard it's saying, okay, you're going to play the part of a ballerina dancer. You're going to play the part of a ballerina dancer in this movie. Well, obviously they could do it if they cast everybody else similar in that, and with similar frames, body frames and whatnot, but it's not going to sell in an element of reality as a ballerina because that person doesn't have that more than fit it. It's the same thing that you're not going to find a librarian type person to play uh, an offensive lineman on a football team, play that role. Okay, and I could go on and on about characters and and, and 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 how people envision certain characters to be in reality. It's it's how the public envisions the character to be if they were to be a real character in the life of a person. How do they how do they envision that? That's what they're looking for on the screen. They're looking to relate to that. Then what Hollywood is mistaken is that people don't want to relate to that reality in their own in their own uh in their own world if you will they they're 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 mistaken that people want to connect with an identity that that person has they connect with their identity first and that's where they're missing it they're missing it and again it comes right back to again i i I draw the illustration when you try to make a movie you want to make a movie that's going to sell when you want to make a product you want to make a product that's going to sell in business, folks, you find out what the customer wants and what they're willing to pay for and give them more of it. That's what you do. You don't make movies that they don't want to see and that think they're going to want more of that because there's just not. And so trying to find investors going forward is going to be a very hard thing to go. Disney's going to lose its shirt on this. Now, Disney's lost nearly a billion dollars, That's with a B, nearly a billion dollars. They've lost nearly a billion dollars in the last uh, seven or eight movies they put out. This one's going to be another giant loss of about 150 to $250 million. This is huge. You know, again, you're, you're, you're putting out there people, you're putting out there a movie that's, and you're not trying to create characters that people can relate with. You're trying, or your idea of relating to characters is totally different than what reality is. As I stated before, it, people need to relate what, they're, what they envision that person, that character to be. That's what they relate to. It's not they, they're not watching a movie saying, well, that person looks like me. That's how I relate. I look, I relate to that movie because that person looks like me or is the same gender as I am or the same race as I am. That's how I really, that's not how people relate to a movie. But these people are so disconnected. They're so lost in their, in their cycle culture. They don't understand it. They don't get it. They're making movies thinking that people identify with it by gender or, or religion or something else or race or whatever it is. They're not identifying with that aspect of the character. They're identifying with the character itself. Can they? What do they envision a surgeon to look like? What do they envision a police officer to look like? What do they envision a, a, a welder to look like? What do they envision a, a private detective to look like? What do they envision a hero to look like? 
You see, what do they envision a treasure hunter to look like? This is what they're trying to, they, they don't get. Hollywood's trying to produce characters, if you will, that these people don't envision those people to be. So when they're creating these type of characters, they're losing it all the way. And this is where they've lost it. They don't understand what people are trying to connect with. They think people are trying to connect with something totally superficial. Things that they're born with, okay, is what they want to relate to. People need to see more people like me on movies and TV. That's what they think. This is what they think. When in reality, they want to, again, see characters that look like what they envision that person to be. So, not to belabor it, but they're losing their shirts because they don't know how to put that together. And, you know, it's it's just an interesting thing. Like I said, if you are trying to make a widget that the public wants, and you know they want it, and you know they want it a certain way, then that's what you do. And in marketing, you, like I said, you 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 find out what the public wants and they're willing to pay for it, give them more of it, and that's what you do in business. And that's what's not happening. And Kathleen Kennedy missed it. And Hollywood doesn't get it. That's why they miss it. Well, I want to jump gears on this a little bit and talk a little bit about what's going on right now with the uh, with the chaos in France. Now, what's interesting is, I brought this up on the previous show, I never quite got to it, but there was riots in France in the 30s. There was a lot of destruction, a lot of chaos in France back then. And what you're seeing right now in France is, is a lot more of it. Uh, France, the violence is spiraling out of control. Massive police deployment, massive police deployment fails to quell the, the burnings. The French government is considering all options, including a nationwide state of emergency after another night of violence, which saw hundreds of arrests and injured police officers and thousands of fires, including many symbols of the state, including town halls, schools, post offices and buses being destroyed. Some 40,000 police officers were deployed across France on Thursday night in an attempt to forestall a third straight night of violence triggered by the death on Tuesday of a delivery driver at the hands of a police officer in Paris suburb after he refused to comply with a traffic stop. Okay, so we have heavy-handed cops in France, okay, beating up somebody and killing a delivery driver because he refused to comply with a traffic stop. Okay, sounds familiar, okay? So the enormous show of force by the French state failed to prevent even greater levels of destruction, okay? Per France's Le Figaro, okay, reports there were 875 arrests nationwide, which saw, which saw protests and violence spread to urban areas across the country, and even in neighboring Belgium, the home of the, of the EU itself. Figures that underline the considerable scale of the attacks they revealed that there were some 38, almost 4,000 fires that were set. 250 police officers were injured. Not seriously, but 492 buildings were damaged. Okay. And it's really compelling. And among those buildings damaged were several town halls, schools burned out. Reports state, I mean, the La Parisienne cites that the Interior Ministry to report 80 police stations were damaged overnight. Okay. 34 town halls burned or otherwise damaged, 28 schools, 57 other state buildings nationwide, okay? Attacks on symbols of the state appeared so targeted, even individual post boxes were attacked. Okay, the president of the French Republican Party, 
Eric Ciotti posted footage to social media that claimed to show a French mayor being attacked by a mob as his car was set on fire. In Marseille, there were two cops that were off duty who were recognized out of uniform and were seriously injured in what has been described as a lynching. No looting of businesses, including gas stations, tobacconists, apparel stores have also been reported. In one Parisian suburb, a truck was used to ram down the doors of a shopping center so looters could access the stores inside. You know, while Emmanuel Maragon, okay, was partying with Elton John, okay, okay, he was partying with him, okay, uh, you know, France was burning. I mean, what it comes down to is Nero fiddle why Rome burned. You, we've all heard that statement. Well, Macron was partying with Elton John while Paris burned. Now think about it. Emmanuel Macron. So he has he has a time with Elton John. So there's a there's a party, there's a uh, you know, think think about this. Okay, you're the you're the you're the prime minister of a country, the leader of a country. Your country's in crisis. There's riots everywhere, there's all these problems going on burning buildings and all hundreds and hundreds of buildings on fire. Okay. Thousands of people in the streets. You got all this disruption going on. Okay. And you're being invited to a party with Elton John and you're being invited to a concert. Okay. And a party later. Do you as the prime minister of that country say, hold on, I would love to go. Believe me, I'd love to go, but I got to stay behind because this country needs leadership and I can't provide that leadership. I won't be able to provide that leadership if I, at a party with Elton John, I will be as effective a party. I need to. I need to be more. I need to have my head into this a little bit more. We've got a crisis going on in this country. The responsible person would have done that, but Emmanuel Macron, no, no, he goes to the party. He hangs out with Elton John. Okay, so as France burns, as France is burning, he's fiddling with Elton John. I mean, he is. This is unbelievable. What's going on? So the government, believe again that what's going on here is when you think about that. They, they're 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 trying to restore order, and you have Macron's Prime Minister Elizabeth Warren said, eyeing a potential de- declaration of a state of emergency. Well, what does that mean? That means you're going to give them a whole lot of control. So the French media, and that's sort of like martial law here. French media has made repeated comparisons of the present violence to the riots of 2005, which stated, which stated where 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 such a such intensity. They become the yardstick against which all urban unrest in the country has been compared since. I mean, that's is real, really, really compelling. I mean, top French civil servant Michel Arboyan, an expert on urban violence and managing integration of immigrants into society, warned in an interview that that the emergence of social media, warm summer weather, and a younger and more violent generation now compared to the 2005 needs. This arrest could turn out even worse. So the French populist leader guy, he's like Eric Zemmour. He blames the immigration policy of the 21st century, saying he believes the country is now on the verge of a civil war. The French writer turned politician described as an ethnic racial war in 2005. Only the suburbs were affected, but now all of France is affected from Paris to small towns. Why are they affected? Because for 20 years they've been they distributed people throughout the country that came in. They just flooded them. Okay, they probably have a bunch of illegal limits. They have open borders in France. Okay, that's what happened. And this is what they're trying to do here. They want to bring so many illegal immigrants in. They just want to disrupt the, the balance of things. That's what they're trying to do. 
But anyway, the events Thursday night suggested further trouble may be yet in store if some acts on Thursday night imply a degree of planning for future violence. See, the, 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 in the Paris suburb of Saint-Saint-Denis, a backhoe tractor was stolen from a construction site, and it was used in part of a campaign of destruction, taking out 39 CCTV cameras in the city overnight. And meanwhile, there was a sporting goods store in Bordeaux was looted on Thursday night with the entire stock of rifles and ammunitions taken. And this is what's going on right now in France. You know, it's really, to, I mean, on the other hand, the, the, beyond the police deployment, other state action is being taken on a local level to prevent or at least slow further violence. Some French municipalities have banned fireworks and even gasoline from being sold or transported in public. The mayor of the city of Drancy was instructed all parents to keep their children, even young adults, to stay at home overnight. Public transport is being suspended in the parish region. Okay, Friday, you know, Friday night through for every evening until further notice. Okay, so this is suspending all public transportation. Imagine, imagine being dependent on public transportation because of the cost of gasoline, the cost of managing a car, or how about the cost of managing a electric car? Okay, so now you have you have political unrest in a country. You're stuck with an electric car that has to charge on a power grid that has, that is now inconsistent at best. A power grid that you may not get enough charge juice to get a full charge. A power grid that's uh, that may not give your car more than a hundred miles of range. Okay, imagine them to depend on that because all public transportation is now suspended. So you're being forced into public transportation. All these people were forced into it because of the cost of transportation itself. Okay, the carbon taxes and everything else. They can't afford cars. What they do is they take public transportation, and the city and the, the, the state just shuts down all public transportation. Bam, shut down. This is how they control people. They control people by controlling their movements. When you rely on public transportation, public policy shuts down the public transportation. You have no transportation. When all you have is a car that has to plug into a power grid to get 200 miles of travel, you know, you're dependent on their power grid. And even that somebody said, well, okay, well, a gasoline car, if the power grid goes down, you can't gas up the car. No, but you can fill up a gasoline car, an SUV. You can get twice the, the range of the travel in a gas car that you can in an electric car. Twice the range. And it fills up 10 times faster, 20 times faster, 30 times faster. Literally. You fill it up in five minutes, you can fill it up in an hour. I mean, okay, that's just an amazing thing. So they suspended all public transportation. And again, they claim us to be the for the safety of riders and staff. Okay, uh, again, now perhaps them or buses and trams were burnt out in recent nights. It impacted the decision. I don't know. They just, I think they shut it down because that's what they wanted to do. Okay, but, uh, you know, they have curfews now, curfews going on. The sudden explosion of violence is triggered. Uh, the slaying of a teenage delivery driver by a cop in, in that terrain. This is what happened. It was all started by the killing of this guy, Niall M., a, a, a cop. You know, he was killed by a cop in a Paris suburb. Said He was said to be known to the police for repeatedly driving without a driving license. So they knew this guy had no license or insurance. He was a teen, so he pulled over on Tuesday. The officers spotted at breaking road laws. So this interaction with officers rapidly, rapidly deteriorated. And uh, 
the young the young guy attempted to speed away this car while taking talking to officers and and an event which saw some of those cops decide to fire a sorry arm so they, they they started shooting at him they killed the guy so the officer who fired has now been arrested and is being held in prison and franks has come under criticism from the u.s from the united nations i should say for deep the deep issues of racism and racial discrimination in law enforcement oh okay here we go i mean this is what they're talking about here yeah so this is where where this is going right now this is where they're trying to take our country and i think this is an amazing thing okay and i think it's really tragic but this is what you're seeing in this country because you know it, it's not just bad police work okay or bad customer surface or you know it, it's it's now something worse than that okay that's the thing that kind of gets me but anyway folks i want to shift gears on that and uh I want to talk a little bit about the Trump indictment here, and I think what they're all afraid of with Donald Trump and what they're terrified of. See, they don't want Trump running for president because they know Trump, not only can he win, but he's going to dismantle all of this nonsense that they put this, put this together. He's going to create in this country another ex energy, he's going to make us an energy exporter in this country in a huge way. That's what's going to happen. Make this country a huge energy exporter. And uh, I think that's a very compelling point. Um, in addition to that, he's going to bring jobs back. He's going to bring, you know, bring confidence back to the for, for you know for, for America. It's confidence back to this country. You got to make you got to make people in this country confident again. We're we're global leaders, world leaders on the global stage, and we can and will lead. He's going to end the Ukrainian war. He's going to end that fiasco over there. He's going to end that slaughterhouse that's going on over there. Gonna break peace to the Middle East. He's gonna do these things. You see, he's gonna make this country great again. This is what they're upset about. So they're going after him, and they're basically uh they're just going after Trump in a big way. So special counsel uh Jack Smith is going after uh Trump aide Susie Susie Weil, saying that he showed her some classified document, which compelling though is the classified document, though the document they say is classified, which declassified as Trump only. Now, it could be that, well, it wasn't only after he wasn't president anymore, but he declassified it. The fact that he said he declassified it, then there's no official process of declassification. This is what people know. This is what I understand. The very fact that he had it, he held it in his hand, he could say he was, decla he was declassified by him, by him looking at it. The president of the United States is the most powerful individual in the entire country and has the ability to declassify any document he wants, or she wants any document. Declassify it completely. By virtue of their only in their hands, it's declassified. So Trump is, they're, they're going after Trump to try to tarnish him. Uh, Trump is leading in all the polls. Uh, after they've indicted him, his favorables jumped up. People are, they now see him as a, he now successfully made him a victim. I think that's really compelling. It, I mean, if it was possible to do this, they did it. They made him a victim. And I'm just amazed at that. Okay, they made him a victim. I just can't believe that happened. Um, but I think what's amazing we have to realize is if it was at all possible to make him a victim, they did it. And when they did that, they turned independents into him. And obviously, they turned Republicans out. Republicans love the guy. And I can tell you right now, he's going to get most of Republican, a whole lot of Republicans, a whole lot of independents, and a whole lot of Democrats. I think Democrats themselves, uh, he'll he'll get a bunch of them, too. I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll have a lot of success. And they know it. And that's why they're nervous. That's why they're going after him. But 
it won't matter. Trump's going to pull this off anyway. And I'm excited about what I'm seeing right now politically. I think the, the, the mood of this country is there. I mean, right now, Trump's ahead at Quinnipiac in Pennsylvania. He's beating a light here in PA by two or three points of polling. And uh, Quinnipiac is not the most reliable of polling, but it's usually a very liberal poll. So when it shows Trump winning by a couple of points, it's likely it's winning by a few more than that. Well, folks, look, we have to leave it there. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into us today and being with us every Saturday afternoon right here on AM Radio 11 WFYL for this distinct, compelling discussion. See you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.